Welcome in, everybody, to the fourth edition of Baxter Street Boys. Uh, I'm your host, Cole Wilcox, joined by my co-host, Jake Gordon. Uh, Griffin's not with us today. He is at ESP Overnight Camp, so he's off doing better things. Uh, but me and Jake are bringing the show to you today. Uh, we got a lot to get into. Uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about the start of camp a little bit, talk some position battles. Uh, there's, there was a graphic circulating Twitter about the all-time college football team. We're going we're gonna to talk about that a little bit. Uh, last week, we brought you the SEC East predictions. Uh, we're not going to go into full detail on the SEC West, but we'll have a little gambling hour for you, uh, talk some over-unders. And then for the main event, we're going to get into some UGA superlatives. Uh, we'll be giving out some awards, anticipating the, the coming season. Uh, should be a lot of fun. So appreciate you guys listening in. As always, if you're listening on YouTube, watching watching us, listening in your car, just make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel and on the podcast. Uh, don't be scared to leave us a, a review. Not asking for five stars, of course. We'll earn that. But give us a review. Uh, let's get right into it. Got a lot to cover. Bam, he's running all the people. Oh, you heard that There he goes in the corner again, and we jump up. Touchdown! Oh, God, a touchdown in the corner. He just stepped on their face with a hobnail boot and broke their nose. We just crushed their face. Swift's got running room. Swift by the defense. 40, 30. They won't catch him. Go, Swift. Into the end zone. Touchdown. The freshman just ran it back to Philadelphia. 50, 10, 5. Touchdown. 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 Dogs win it. We're headed to Atlanta. Near sideline. And it's intercepted. Intercepted. Keely Ringo at the 21. Off he goes. 40, 50, 45, 40, 35, 30. Near sideline. Breaks the tackle. 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. 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 Georgia. I know I'm asking a lot, you guys, but hunker it down one more time. That's a good one. I mean, can't beat that. But uh, listen. There's a lot of times I envy being a football player. I'm not going to lie. I gave it up when I was a freshman in high school. Uh, didn't love it like I love the other two sports. And when you were sitting in Athens and you see them run out the tunnel and it's a packed out crowd, you're like, dude, this would be sick. But this is one of the weeks where I do not envy being a football player. That's the start of fall camp. I can't even imagine how miserable it is right now. Yeah, I, I remember even even in high school, we would go down to Carrollton and go down to West Georgia uh, for like a week and a half. It was awful. Awful, awful. Yeah, and uh, I've seen some of the reports of Kirby getting after him, calling people out for conditioning, uh, getting into him a little bit. It was funny because from the baseball field, so we'd be practicing in the fall, and Kirby operates on a microphone, of course. Like It's, it's a big team, and he's got speakers all over the practice field. Well, we could hear very clearly what he was saying. And, dude, he would have us rolling down there. It, it's, a lot, it's a lot better when you're not on the field getting it, when you're just listening to it. I might, I might get into some of the things he say some other time, but dude, it was so funny. He would absolutely – it was like he would pick somebody, go into that practice, and then just verbally abuse them for about an hour. It was brutal, but it, it was fun listening to him from there. Uh, <laughs> but but starting camp, uh, obviously they're just in helmets right now, so the reports are pretty limited. Um, but I think the main thing to look at is kind of who's running with the ones, who's running with the twos. Uh, what are some position battles you'll have your eye on? Definitely wide receiver. Uh, we've talked about receiver a lot. Um, you know, they have so many good options. You look at Ladd, um, you know, he's a guy who could sneak in and steal some snaps. But, you know, right now it looks like AD is going to be, you know, the, the guy, the wide receiver one. But obviously Gilbert's going to be mixing in there a little bit, you know, even though he's at a tight end. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how these receivers, you know, how much burn each one gets. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, that's definitely one. I mean, I think it always is because we rotate so much. It's it's pretty obvious all of them are going to play, but it is always it is always cool to see which one's going to line up first and start. And a lot of them have built trust, which is usually guys who get the nod in Kirby's system. We've talked about that before, but there's a lot of trust been built over the last couple of years with a lot of these guys. So I think what I'm looking at is is guard play uh, because that's that's kind of the most fluid position right now. I would say um, I think obviously Tate Rattler started last year. Uh, and he's the guy who, who their coaching staff was really excited about, and, and they sound very excited about coming into this year too. But it, I'm anxious to see how healthy he is. Um, I know the injury he had is one that's not easy to bounce back from, uh, especially when you're 320 pounds. Like it, it's that makes injuries usually prolong a little longer. Uh, but I think from what I've heard, he he's running with the ones. So hopefully he's back and healthy, and that's going to create more competition. Um, I know Willock on the other side, and, and Erickson's going to be mixed in there. So. I think there's a lot of fluidity at guard, and even Kirby mentioned it as, as an area they need to um, really find somebody to solidify. So hopefully that steps somebody steps up in camp and kind of takes over that because it is an important position. Yeah, I'm not a doctor, but apparently I think lens frack is like it's like bones and tendons or something. It's a nasty foot injury. It's something you definitely don't want to have to deal with. Yeah, because I mean it's pretty rare that you see like a foot injury that keeps them out for the full year unless something's broke or something, and, and obviously. But that's, that's one you don't hear about much, and we just never heard about Rattlers from pretty much after the first snap. It was like, yeah, he's out for the year. Uh, and there was no, like, maybe he comes back for the playoff, any of that. Like, he was gone. So, hopefully he's fully healed and, and nothing prolongs because that's that's kind of the most important thing at this point. But, man, if he's ready to roll, it would be a huge boost for the dogs because he's, he's really, really good. Yep. We've, talk, we've talked about those North Georgia boys already. So, got to get, gotta get them on the field. Uh, any other position battles you think off the top of your head? Uh, Edge will definitely be interesting just because of all the young guys. And I definitely think, um, you know, uh, who's who's running with the twos with the defensive backs, you know, which freshmen are, are making noise early. Yeah, I, I, I think another one is the other opposite of Keely Ringo, who's going to play over there. Um, I feel like I feel like we have position battle at corner every year, it seems like. Uh, the only one I remember not being is when we had Tyson and Stokes. It was like those two guys. Those are the guys. Like usually it was like, who's going to be on opposite side of Baker? Who's going to be on the opposite side of Stokes until Tyson came in? Like it was – it's always been a battle, and, and obviously we've always had good ones because Kirby's kind of the corner guy anyway. So I've heard a lot of good things about um, – I've heard Nolan Green's been getting some mix. Um, I think uh, I'm going blank on the guy who's probably going to start. I think, Everett, I think Everett was another one that was getting uh, – I mean, Kamari last year is probably – Kamari's right. going to get some um, some burn over there. So. Yeah, yeah, I've heard Kamari's look really good. So a lot of guys, but, yeah, I think I think some of those younger guys are, are ultra-talented, so they're going to they're gonna try to play their way in there. But it is nice to have Keeley on the other side, so – you can really just let those guys battle it out for one spot because when you take away a side of the field, like you see it all the time, they're going to get picked on, you know, like that side of the field is going to get picked on a lot. So we're going to see who's up for it pretty quick. I, I have a feeling that Dan Lanning will be picking on that side for a majority of the game. Um, So we talked about the graphics kind of been circulating Twitter a little bit. The all, the all time college football team. Uh, and, well, Jake sent it to me, and we, and we kind of started texting about it, and we were like, screw it, let's just run this on the pod. But, Jake, can you can you read off kind of the, the all three teams? I think he's frozen right now. Um, yeah. Um, you got it. Yeah, sorry, I cut there for a second. Right, y'all good. Um, my, my buddy Cruz, Oxen Rider, made this. He he has uh, the Oxcore pod. Is what, great name, by the way. Uh, yes. But it's, it's three teams. Team A is Cam Newton, Zeke. Justin Blackman, OJ Howard. Team B, Vince Young, Derrick Henry, Percy Harvin, Hunter Henry. 
And I think a lot of people are overlooking Hunter Henry on this graphic, by the way. Hunter, mm-hmm. Hunter Henry was a monster. Team C, Joe Burrow, Reggie Bush, A.J. Green, Kyle Pitts. I think that is actually so difficult to choose between. I kind of think I know who I'm going to say, but you go ahead. Well, the overwhelming vote on, on Twitter was like, see, easy, see, easy. And, and I understand why. Like, number one, you have the recency bias with Joe Burrow. Uh, Reggie Bush at this point is like a college football folk hero. You know, like he's he's the type of guy who you just like put on this pedestal and you're like, oh, he was the best ever. You know, he was the greatest of position. And then A.J. Green was an awesome pro. He was flashy. And then Kyle Pitts is probably the best tight end we've seen in college football. So I do think that's kind of skews it with Kyle Pitts on that team. But for me, it's hard for me not to pick Team A. Uh, because I think Cam Newton, Cam Newton is the best college football player I've personally ever watched. I don't like, I don't think it's really remotely close. Like he won a national championship on offense pretty much by himself. He was unbelievable. And he like him and I think him and Burrow is like the biggest difference in terms of players. Like imagine Cam Newton with that LSU offense, they would be more than unstoppable. Um, And then you look at Zeke and I think people forget how good Zeke was at Ohio state. Reggie Bush had one really, really good, really, really good year. You look at Zeke's sophomore and junior year, and he's putting up virtually the same stats as Reggie Bush did. He's rushing for 1,800 yards. He's running for 400. I I think that's almost a wash there, even though people will call me crazy, but because Reggie Bush, like I said, is a folk hero. But And then you go to the receiver. A.J. Green in dog country is A.J. Green, and he's the man. He's one of my favorite dogs ever. Justin Blackman was putting up unbelievable stats at Oklahoma State. Like, I'm pretty sure they won the Big 12 when he was there solely because he was just dominating everyone. Like, he caught for dang near 1,700, 1,800 his junior year. It was nuts. His stats were crazy. So, I still think I would pick C because Kyle Pitts skews it so hard. But A is tough not to pick for me. Yeah, you you took the words out of my mouth. I think I have to go with A just because we saw Cam Newton take a bunch of guys who never even came close to the NFL, really, uh, except for, you know, a few exceptions that weren't big difference makers. He took those guys to a national championship and won. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's the big difference for me. I I really think, okay, we're talking about Cam Newton who was already incredible by himself and then Cam Newton with help. But I do want to say, I I can't, it's, it's hard to sleep on team B. Vince Young and Derrick Henry, man, you want to talk about a read option with those two. Uh, Percy Harvin, he was electric back in his day. And Hunter Henry was, was, is really, really underrated when you start talking about great tight end in college football history. Yeah, Percy Harvin was was electric. I mean, Percy Harvin was like the guy like in college football. It was him and Tebow were kind of that that combo. But but yeah, I keep going back to A. I got Justin Blackman wasn't a big name in the NFL, so people forget about him, and you don't really remember what he did. He was virtually unstoppable in the Big Twelve, and he put up like I said, insane stats. So I don't I don't think you can just discount Team A on this one, in my opinion, because you got Cam, you got Justin Blackman, and then Zeke was a monster. I mean. He kind of ran all over Alabama in the playoff, that first playoff. So yeah, super yeah, well made. I, like I said, when you can argue for all three, that's how you yeah. know it was it was well made. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand. Like this, like everybody is saying, C. I don't think it's close, just because, like I said, the name AJ Green is so big, and he was such a good pro, still is a good pro. So I get it. But when you're looking at just college, like you said, you can argue all three of those. That's that's a very well made graphic. Hats off. Pitts is just such a difference maker, though, and that like he was unstoppable. And he still is. He's just, he's a, you can't compare him to anybody. It's tough to even put him down there with those guys. Yep. OJ was no slouch either, though. OJ, OJ, OJ Howard was, made some huge plays for that Bama team, especially in the Natty against Clemson. And OJ was kind of the freak. 
like when he was there. Like he was kind of the new wave of tight end. Like this guy's a receiver. He's playing tight end. Yeah, he's, he's five star. He was he was like the original. Yeah. Right. Like he's kind of ahead of his time a little bit. So mm-hmm. yeah. No. Like you said, really really good graphic. Um, I want to talk about another graphic, the, the head coaching graphic that we made and put out. Uh, that got that got some good uh, interaction. But my favorite one was this Georgia Tech fan. Bless their hearts to start with. So if you haven't seen the graphic, check our Twitter. It's, it's the only head coaching tier that should matter. Um, if you have an argument, just refer to it because there's no faults. But I had Jeff Collins in the head and the guillotine section, which I believe is true. There's just no way that they keep letting him win two games and him not get fired. Well, a Georgia Tech fan commented and says he should be one. He should be a spot lower than the other guys. And I was like, Dude, there's no way y'all still want him there. Like he's he's completely destroyed any type of program that was there. He said, "Yeah, that's why he should be a tier lower." I was like, "Y'all are supposed to be the smart ones. Like the head in the guillotine means he's gone. There, it's not. It wasn't necessarily like the top is the best and the bottom are the worst. It was like the head in the guillotine. You're fired. Like Jeff Collins is out. Am I wrong for saying that? No, I, I think if they have another three win season, I mean he he might have to make a bowl game just to even save his job. Yeah. Uh, you know, the the phasing out of the triple option excuse, like it's been three, four years. He's already lost to Gibbs, who was arguably one of the best recruits they've ever had. And um, I mean, time's running out. <laughs> and, you know, I guess you could argue like, you know, you're Georgia Tech, how much better can you really do? But I mean, being in Atlanta, surely you can find a coach that can that can recruit Atlanta. Please. I'll just never forget his like opening statements where he was saying he imagined him and Jeff Sims holding up the trophy in Mercedes Benz one day. I was like, bro, you're coming out hot like that, taking over Georgia Tech. Like, let's relax a little bit. But, yeah, you notice how they used to be all big on social media, pumping the weights on on the sideline, and now they've kind of gone silent. I feel like that's kind of coming from the top. Like, hey, this was cool at first to get traction, but then you suck. Like, cut this out until you start winning. So, there, there it is kind of a dumpster. Do you hate Georgia Tech? Yeah, definitely. It, it's always been weird for me because – they're just kind of irrelevant, you know, like that. They've never been a team I don't that think I just about completely them. hated, you know, like I hate Florida. Yeah. I hate Tennessee. I hate those teams. Georgia Tech, and I know it's kind of an older generation thing where they hate them. I mean, they hate Georgia Tech. And I understand that because they were competitive. Even when I was younger, they were competitive. Like Paul Johnson had some good years. But to me, it, it's just never been a big hatred. Even when we played them in baseball, like, I never hated Tech. It's just, I just, yeah, I, I just don't think about them. And, and yeah. honestly, and I mean, you also consider like, I really don't know that many Georgia Tech fans. Like, None. So. None. Yeah, it, it's hard. It's hard to hate a team when it's the fan base is what you hate. You don't really hate the team. So yeah, you're right. That'd be like hating Vanderbilt. Um, but but anyway, let's move over into some SEC West talk. Uh, we talked about the SEC East, who we thought was going to get second. We really broke down the teams and stuff. But but here we're just going to go straight over unders. Um, I took these over unders off my site and uh, with the odds. Uh, we'll start in Tuscaloosa, obviously. You can't can't talk SEC West without talking about Bama. But their over-under is set at 11.5, which is crazy. 11.5, and, and the over is juiced at plus 130. What are you taking here? I just, I mean, I don't think Bama loses in, in the regular season this year, so I guess I got to take the over. Um, yeah. I, I see them losing a regular season game. Uh, I, I, I think a lot of people are definitely – way way in over their heads talking about texas you know texas upsetting them i don't think that's going to happen uh i think texas a&m is a revenge spot for them and they're very good in revenge spots that we know yeah i just don't see a loss in their schedule yeah 
I, I personally would never lay money with, with the team. Me betting on a team going undefeated. Like, I would mm-hmm. never do that. I think you always slip up. And it's juice. The over is plus 130, which makes me think, like, you know, maybe Vegas knows something a little bit. They do have some tough road games. Like, you mentioned Texas, which if you think back to 2019, they gave LSU all they could handle. They gave them the best game that year. I know it was early, but this one this one's early, too. They go to LSU, to Tennessee, to Arkansas. So, some pretty tough road games, but – like personally, I don't think they're gonna lose. Like I'm with you, but if you force me to put money on this, I would probably take the under. Um, yeah, it, it, it'll be curious to see too um, uh, at LSU because obviously Bama has had their way with Brian Kelly, but I mean yeah. Alabama LSU is always different. Even last year, like Ed Ogeron on his way out, they almost beat Alabama. They should have mm-hmm. beat Alabama, yeah, and uh, they just couldn't get it done. Even when LSU is not good, it feels like they can still give Bama a tough game. Yeah, and we'll get to LSU in a minute, but I, I got a lot of people are down on them, and I'm kind of confused why. Um, next team, Arkansas, the Biting Sam Pittmans, seven and a half. The over is juiced to plus one forty five. So Vegas thinks they're going to go under here. What do you got? I want to take the. I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take over. Yeah, I, I don't have their schedule in front of me. Who do they play out of? They have the, so that's that's the thing. Game, don't they? Arkansas has not only the probably the toughest schedule in the nation, but they also have the dumbest schedule in the nation. Number one, they up and up with Cincinnati at home, which, you know, that was probably booked five years ago, so they didn't really know what Cincinnati was trending to. Still a team I, I wouldn't really want to schedule, I don't think, ever. But that's not the worst part. The worst part is in November, in the middle of SEC play, they go to Utah and play BYU. Ooh. They play at BYU in the middle of SEC play. Whoever booked that is the dumbest schedule maker I've ever seen in my life. It was probably back when Chad Morris was still there. Yeah, um, yeah, he did everything wrong. Um, I still like over. I like KJ Jefferson. Uh, they got experience. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm in, I, I, I mean, I'm in on Sam Pittman. I, I'm in mm-hmm. on his ability to be a head coach, and I'm in on his ability to be a, a winner every year. So I'm gonna take the over. Yeah, that's the thing about Sam Pittman, man. Like Kirby Smart, Kirby Smart deserves. 80% of the rebuild, like credit for the rebuild. He did it. Not necessarily rebuild, but taking us to national championship contender level. Like he was that guy. He rejuvenated recruiting, all of that. The guy who, in my opinion, deserves the second most amount of credit is Sam Pittman. Like the way he changed the line of scrimmage at Georgia is what the foundation was like moving forward. Like we just, you could just see that's why we dominate teams. We dominate the SEC East because our line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball are way better. And Sam Pittman does that. Every play, you never hear a player say anything bad about him. Like he just knows how to motivate a team. I'm also going the over there. I think it's used to plus 145. I think it's good odds. I'm taking Arkansas over seven and a half. Auburn over under set at six. The under is used to plus 110. I know that makes me want to take the under, man. We talked about this, man. When Arkan, when I mean, when Auburn is back to a corner, that is when they come out and win nine games, ten games. When, whenever, when everybody is down on Auburn, that's when they do their best work, and that makes me nervous. And for that reason, I'm going to take the over. Me too. I'm. Ha- I would hammer the over. This might be one I actually play because, to me, number one, Auburn still is, is a top fifteen in terms of talent. Like they're always going to have that talent. That's what they do. Brian Harson has made me a fan. Like with all the stuff that they threw at him this offseason, it's like the boosters wanted him out. They're pinning all that stuff on him, proved all to be BS. And he just kind of takes it in stride. He's like, listen, I didn't do it. I'm not worried about it. 
and now he's coaching. Um, I've heard a lot of good things coming out from people who are pretty close to that um, program. So I think Auburn's a team to watch out for. I really, really do. Um, they, I think they make a bowl game. That's really what you're betting on here. I think Auburn right. is a team that makes a bowl game. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I don't think going into Auburn is ever going to be an easy win ever. So, and they don't leave Auburn for like the first six weeks of the season. They play Penn State at home. They play like two SEC teams at home. They don't leave. So they can, they can get five before October starts. I think that's really what you're betting on here is if they win that Penn State game. And I think they do. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That's, that's the big swing for sure. They should have won it last year. Uh, LSU, six and a half. Unders juiced to plus 115. I can't take the over on all these teams, but I kind of—I don't know. I kind of like the over on LSU. Brian Kelly is not a guy that's going to go out there and lose eight games. Again, I, I know they lost Eli Ricks to Alabama. I know they lost Eric Gilbert to Georgia. They're still a top – they're not even top 15. They're top five, six ter- in terms of team talent. Like, they have the talent there. It's probably, I would venture to say, Brian Kelly's most talented team he's ever coached. And I know it's year one. I understand that. There's growing pains with every year one coach. That's just how it is. But there's too much talent there to not win more than six games, in my opinion. You have Death Valley. You have one of the best environments in college football. I would take the over here on LSU as well. I think they're going to be a lot better than people think, a whole lot better. And we get to see them on a primetime game um, Sunday night. I think it's Sunday. It might be Monday night against FSU in week one, which will be sick. Two teams that really, really need that win. Should be a win. Should be a win. That would be a good way to kick off the tenure for sure. Um, Ole Miss is set right at eight. Under is juiced to plus 115. You go first on this one. I got the under. Um, Ole Miss is a team, and I like Jackson Dart a lot. I This is some background. Um, I room with a guy down here that is a USC – he went to USC, big-time USC fan. So I watched every USC game last year, whether I liked it or not. It was some boring, boring football. But there was one game where Slovis got hurt and Dart came in. And he was. I know what you're talking about. I can't remember who it was. I think it was Washington State. I think it was Washington State. And I was like, yo, this guy is actually good. But so I want, so as soon as I saw this number, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take the over. But then I started looking at their schedule. I started looking at their schedule and it starts off as a cakewalk, man. It's Troy, Central Arkansas, Georgia Tech, Tulsa. They're home against Kentucky at Vanderbilt. An absolute cakewalk. And then mid October hits. Auburn. At LSU, at AM, Alabama, at Arkansas, the Egg Bowl. I'm taking the under. I don't think they win eight games. It's going to be close. Uh, I, I could see them winning seven. I could see them winning eight on the nose. It, it, it is going to be close. That's one that I definitely wouldn't touch. Uh, definitely and this wouldn't is, put my money on. This stems from me thinking LSU and Auburn are going to be better than people think. So I think they lose one of those. And then they lose to Bama, AM, I think maybe Kentucky. Like at Arkansas, I think those are all losses. So, I'm taking the under there. Mississippi State six and a half unders used to plus one fifteen. I'm not buying Mississippi State. I, I I'm not. I got I got them right at like six. I think they can make a bowl game as a six win team. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I think six is a good number for them. So I'll go under on them as well. Yeah, I like Will Will Rogers a lot. I think he's a very under underrated quarterback. He can really sling the pill. But, yeah, I saw they were Georgia's only team that they're not favored by double digits again or against. I hope it stays like that by the time it gets there. That's all I'm saying. I'll take the under there, too. Last one, and this one's tough for me. A&M over-under at nine, and the over is juice plus 120. Nine. That's a lot. It's a lot. 
I, I don't want to make the joke, and today is August 4th, and everybody's been saying it all day, but I kind of like him at eight wins. Happy 8-4, yeah, I know everybody loves to say that to me, <laughs> but I don't think they're there yet. Yeah, they had an incredible recruiting class, but I think they're still maybe a year or two away, uh, and I, I could see him at eight wins next year. They're obviously trending in the right direction, but I think nine is a little too rich for my blood going into next year. Yeah. It depends. What's yeah. their out-of-conference schedule? Who do they got? No, they've got Miami at home, which is a huge, huge game in week three, Ooh. but it is at home. It is at home. They should have Miami. I think they I should agree. win that game. I agree. I, Miami later in the year, I'd be worried about. But if you listen to Jimbo Fisher talk, I forget the kid's name, but he thinks that the freshman that they have in is the best freshman quarterback in the country. And listen, you can say what you want about Jimbo Fisher. He's, you know, he's kind of known as a choke artist since he's been at AM and stuff. One of the best offensive play callers in the country. And when he says that about a quarterback, who am I not to believe him, you know? So if this guy comes out and he's even, like, if he gives them B-plus, A-minus quarterback play, with the term, the talent they have, I, I would take the over just because it's juiced to plus 120. Give me some plus money there. But I, I think nine is probably – I think that would push. I'll be honest with you. I think it'll push. But – I think I think nine's a good spot for them, man. I, I think yeah. AM's still a year away before they arrive, but I, I definitely wouldn't be surprised either way. Eight wins, ten wins, like that one's that one's a true toss-up. I probably wouldn't touch. The biggest thing I got out of this is I'm glad Georgia's in the East. I'll be honest with you. The West yeah. is a gauntlet, man. <laughs> the West is a gauntlet. And like I think Georgia's still way better than all these teams except Bama. But that's kind of how Bama is. They're way better. But like if you're a middle of the pack, like second place is wide open. It's wide open. Yeah. It is in the East, too, but I think, like, the level of talent in the West right now is far outweighs the East. I think hopefully that comes kind of back to even, but the West is is loaded, man, loaded. There's no just bad team. Like, you don't want to play Mississippi State and start, well. No. Like that, that's, a, that's a good team, They're, but somebody has to lose. Like, that's why it said at six and a half. Just because they go seven and five or six and six doesn't mean they suck. They just had to play all these teams. And we talk about them, we talk about them, you know, being uh, maybe last that they would still probably be bowl, bowl eligible at six wins. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. That's, that's the thing. Like, and, and Josh Pate says this all the time. People say you are what your record says you are. That's just not true. I mean, a team that goes seven and five in the West is not a bad team. They just had to play a gauntlet. You might have a bad road schedule. You might be Auburn, have the toughest schedule ever, like always, or Arkansas. You're playing BYU in November. It's tough. It's a tough say. That's what they say about the SEC. Like, oh, the bottom teams suck. You're wrong. You're simply wrong. All right, let's get into the fun part. Everybody's been waiting on this. Uh, we're getting back into dog talk. We've talked enough about the other teams. Let's focus on the team in Athens. So we're gonna do we're gonna do a little exercise here. We're gonna give out some superlatives. Um, and there's they're kind of all over the place here. I have some 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 serious ones and some that I just kind of made up. So. Jake, I'll let you go first. Let's give us give out some some superlatives to the dogs. I guess I'll do my serious one first. Uh, okay. I'm going to do most likely to get a big man touchdown. I'm going to go with Jalen Carter on a fullback dive. I think uh, I, maybe you start to see a trend with uh, you know with Kirby, you know, getting these guys involved like Jordan Davis against Charleston Southern. Uh, I, I think he's because you know Jalen Carter's at fullback on that play right there too. By the mm -hmm. way. Um, I, I could see Jalen Carter taking a fullback dive um, and give him a touchdown. You know, maybe maybe in a game like this, maybe in a bigger situation, maybe they they hit a little rollout play and uh, and and dump it off to him in the corner of the end zone. I, I would love it. I love to see him at tight end, fullback, anything. Yeah, and he had one. Was it a two point conversion or a touchdown he had as a freshman 
against Tennessee. I think it was a two point. I think it was a two point conversion. I can't yeah. remember. Yeah, I'm thinking it was too. But uh, but yeah, he's a uh, that's a good award because that's that's one that can it'll actually happen. Todd Munkin loves drawing that up. Um, I don't have an honorable mention for that. I'll be honest. He's the guy. Like he's just too athletic. There's nobody as athletic as him in that big. So definitely a guy who can get a big man touchdown. Uh, you start with your serious one. I'll do my serious one. I got comeback player of the year, Dominic Blaylock. Um, I think I think dogs fans forget how good he was as a freshman. Like he was a pro, man. He was his route running, his his ball skills, everything about him was a pro. Um, he was one of those guys who was committed since he was young and just he loved the dogs. Like he's a Georgia guy. So I'm really, really excited to see Dom come back. I hope he's healthy, man. I really, really hope he's healthy. He's a guy who deserves a shot and uh he's an easy guy to pull for. So I'm 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 giving Dom Blaylock comeback player of the year. You have an argument. Agree hundred percent on Dom. Yeah, I agree with him 100% on Dom, everything you said. You know, great kid. I really hope he gets some burn this year, especially in a, in, a, in a loaded wide receiver room. I hope he can separate himself. My guy, though, I'm going to say honorable mention. I'm going to go with Tyke Smith. Um, yeah. I think he could really have a big year at that safety position. I think he could really be the top dog of this secondary outside of Keely Ringo. And, um, you know, he, he was getting so much hype going into last year for a reason. It's unfortunate that he got mm-hmm. hurt. But if he stays healthy this year, he's a guy who could be a first-round pick. Man, that'd be so big for us too to have that guy on the back end, like him and Chris Smith. And if he lives up to that spot, like that would be so big because I trust those guys so much. And if you have people you trust back there, you can let Keeley be more aggressive. You can let whoever is on the other side be more aggressive. It just it frees up so many things. So hopefully, hopefully they both come That's back. How I always felt about LeCount. Yeah, I could trust LeCount. Yeah, he would he would bite on some things, but he would make a play too. You know, that's just kind of what talent does. Um, I'll read Griffin's here. Griffin's sent us some since he's not with us. Um, and he said that, that he wanted me to read this one first because he's this guy. He said, the better than your quarterback award, Stetson Bennett. Um, <laughs> that's, I think that's all there is to say on that. I, I don't know if there needs to be any explanation there. He just said, better than your quarterback award, Stetson Bennett. So, <laughs> Stequavius Bennett, actually. If you haven't seen that, if you haven't seen the video of the fade, follow our Twitter. We're all over it. But, yeah, from now on, on this platform – in all platforms, he is Stequavius Bennett with the new with the new fade looking fresh. I mean, he, he's just buying into it at this point. He, he's going for the hospital. Who, who took the video, by the way? Because that was, hilarious. That was, was a hilarious. hilarious caption. I would love to know who took the video. It was so funny. But, dude, I, I got dead serious. I'm more confident in Stetson now, which is dumb. But, but because of that haircut, I seriously am. I'm seriously more confident in it. Your quarterback's got to have a little drip. He's got to have a little something for you. Yeah, well, it's what he came out in the the leggings in like the was it the playoffs where he started that and he actually looked way better. Yeah, like he looked like yeah. he was slinging the ball harder. I was like, dude, you're kind of looking swaggy right now. <laughs> and now he's rocking the fade. He's got a nice little chain on in the picture. Come on now, it's the Quavius here to stay. I, uh, uh, I I'm gonna uh, go with my next one. I think this has no competition unless you've dug somebody up. I think there's no competition on this one. <laughs> Uh, somebody that we've already talked about, most likely to win a Morgan Wallen lookalike contest. We have Tate Rack. I mean, you talk about some lettuce, man. That guy has got some lettuce. Like, I got a little bit yeah. going on. I'm about to cut it. Like, the next, this is the next episode. This might be gone. If not, it'll be the one after that. But that guy has some serious lettuce, man. Like, anybody would be jealous of that head of hair. Uh, great trash stash. He's really just got the look down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that Darlington, Georgia coming out of him right there. That that is that is factual. He does look like Morgan Wallen. He's a lot big. He could eat Morgan Wallen, but he does look like Morgan Wallen. Yeah, yeah. 
you but dude that's sick though like you have you have a an offensive guard with with a mullet and a stash like you know he's gonna give it to you he know you know he's gonna be a dog you need a country boy guard you, you need to have a dude. country boy guard like ben cleveland ben cleveland was Bro. the perfect guard he ate squirrel and it was like he you weren't touching his quarterback when ben cleveland listen i was always a guy like i understood football and i still understand football quite well i played it but like when you listen to Brooks talk about the offensive line, you just you know he knows way more than me. Obviously, he played the position, he understands it, he gets it. And I've never really paid attention to the offensive line. But when Ben Cleveland got inserted in the starting lineup in 2017, everything changed. I couldn't take my eyes off Ben Cleveland. It was like watching um the center for Iowa last year, Linderbaum. Linderbaum when you yeah. watch, he made watching Iowa fun because he was unbelievable. He was just dominating dudes. That's how Ben Cleveland was. It was awesome. So yeah. Put a country boy at guard, let him go to work. Um, I have the he's got that dog in him award. Uh, the he's got that dog in him award is Nolan Smith for obvious reasons. Um, I deemed him the captain on on Twitter, and I think he's the guy who's gonna take over this defense. He's he's a dude who loves to play against the run. He'll play, he'll attack the quarterback, he'll do the dirty work. He's just got that dog in him. Uh, so He's a guy who I'm really looking forward to this year. I've always respected the way he plays, and I'm hoping he gets to gets a chance to pin the ears back and get the quarterback this year. Yeah, for my honorable mention, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Ad Mitchell, and there's a reason I'm gonna go Ad Mitchell. He might seem like a strange choice. The touchdown celebrations, man, like his touchdown sellies are so elite. When he just goes and hits a bow, remember that little zig route he hit against Auburn last year? Yeah, that was wicked. Just put it right it right by the pylon. The that was wicked. for that reason. I gotta go with AD. That was wicked. Uh, I love that route, dude. I love it. I hope he runs it more often. Like he he looks yeah, so athletic right there. So Snap, snapped him off. No, no, that's like there's weapon. no guarding that. A weapon. Uh, well, that's funny because AD's gonna get two awards here because Griffin is given the take your lunch money award to AD Mitchell, uh, and he says it's because of the play in the national championship, obviously, where he just. Absolutely fathered Kool-Aid McKinstry. Uh, that was probably the you can you can make an argument that's the best catch in Georgia history. Definitely the most impactful. But yeah, AD Mitchell for the most likely to take your lunch money award. So shout out Griff for his two his two awards he submitted. Um yeah, we'll go back to you. Go back to you here. I thought oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's right. I got one more. Um I'm gonna go. Um <laughs> I think I'm gonna go with most likely to be a special teams warrior. And I like Cole Spear out of Calhoun for this. You know, we got to give some shine to our other North Georgia guys. Yeah, This kid yeah. is a freak athlete, man. I think he was clocking like four twos. And I think he could be somebody like Ladd that gets a little burn, uh, kick return, punt return, you know, maybe even as a gunner. At speed, it's hard to keep off the field. Um, and so I, I like him to get some, I like him to get some burn this year on special teams, maybe make a big play or two, maybe take a punt back or a kickback. Yeah, yeah. Do you, by the way, do you have an honorable mention for take your lunch money? Oh, um, I Brock Bowers. I mean, when, when we look yeah. at him, man, it, it, I, I keep thinking maybe even Lad just for what he did against Vanderbilt that he just yeah. absolutely <laughs> demolished that poor defender, <laughs> took it off the top off. of his helmet. <laughs> yeah, but you look yeah. at Bowers, man, leaving leaving you know putting ten yards in between him and that Georgia Tech defender with that run after the catch. I mean, that's just that's just different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most likely to take your lunch money. Um, my honorable mention for years, special teams warrior. This is tough, but this is this is more last year. I don't think he's he might still be on special teams because heck, Trayvon Walker was playing special teams. So, Mikhail Sherman last year, 
I'd be sitting in the end zone, and this dude was running down the field, and I'm like, if if I was anywhere near him, I would run the opposite direction. He was a freight train running down the field. And it was always on kickoff, and we never really filled the kickoff, which I love. Kick that thing 17 <laughs> rows deep in the student section. I don't want to see a kick return. I don't want to see him get back to the 40. So I love that we did that, but I did want to see Mikhail Sherman lay the wood on somebody because he was flying, and he's a big, big dude. So that guy, I think, I think MJ is going to get, he's going to get some play this year. Uh, yeah, he's, I mean, he's going to get some burn at inside big. linebacker this year, definitely. Yeah. He's too big Has not to. to. Like he's, he's a monster. But yeah, he, those are two guys that to watch on special teams for sure. Um, my last award is the Tighten Your Chin Strap Award to Chaz Chambliss. Uh, anytime he came in <laughs> to the game. He was knocking heads, and I loved it. Uh, he's the guy who just – you can see he just loves contact, loves to get after it. He's a dude I'm sure that Kirby Smart loves because he's just a, he's a guy you're not going to be able to keep off the field. He looked really good every time he came in the game. And if and if you never played football, you don't understand. When you get hit hard, your chin strap tightens up. It, it'll tighten up so hard, so hard your face will feel like it's scrunched up. I don't know what the science is behind that, but – if it's not tightened after Chaz hits you, or if it's not tightened before Chaz hits you, it dang sure will be after he hits you. You got an honorable mention for that one? Yeah, I'm going to go JJ. Um, I, I, I want to see him make some plays in middle linebacker this year. I want to yeah. see him clean a couple guys up. I, I keep that power behind him, too. He's a great athlete. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's a guy who could definitely do it, too. Um, I was trying to think of some more awards while we were sitting here, but those, those were the three I had off the top of my head. Um, you might you have an be- honorable mention for this one. Okay, you got another one. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go most likely to be first off the bus. I'm gonna go with uh, freshman uh, Jacob Hood, offensive lineman. They, they got him at six eight three fifty. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let that guy step off the bus first for sure. That's a mountain, dude. I'll never forget. I was. It may have been Griffin that was with me. I don't think it was. I think it was another baseball player. But we were living ACV as my freshman year. I get on the elevator and Quay Walker's on there. And like, I consider myself a pretty big dude. And I step on there with him and I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, this dude, this dude is filled out in areas I didn't know you could be filled out at. And I remember he got off before us and whoever I was standing there with, I'm like, that guy was a real life ref- refrigerator. Like, he, if you hit him, it would be like hitting a brick wall. And he, and he proved that. Like, for, from that time on, I was just begging for Quay Walker to get on the field. I'm like, this guy is going to make plays. He's unbelievable. Yeah, that's a good one, though. I didn't realize Jacob Hood was that big. I didn't either. Because I was going to give it to Darnell Washington. And then I yeah, I, I saw I saw what they had Hood listed at 6'8", 350. I was like, damn, they're feeding these guys. Dar- Darnell's a good one for most likely to take your lunch money. Because that, that dude will pancake you. That dude will put two – he'll put his two paws on you and drive you into the dirt. Yeah. I love watching him block. He's another guy who's fun to watch block. It's pretty yeah. rare, but – he just gets downhill and just eats people up. Um, this is a position battle we didn't talk about, kind of going back to spring uh, or to fall camp. Who who do you think can will be like the clear number two heading into the season behind Stett? I think it'll be back. I think he practices well enough, and that's really the only time you're going to be seeing anybody besides Stetson, so I think it'll be back. Yeah, I got a lot of respect for Beck, too, because – He's a guy who you've never really even heard about rumors of him transferring. Like he's committed. He knows that I think he must just really like the system, know that he can flourish in it. And, and I think the coaches have the up, utmost respect for that. So yeah, I think I think he's a guy they definitely trust and he'll be the number two. Uh I I think that's I think that's one to watch though, because 
I don't know that they can all that they'll all stay. And we've talked about how dumb it is to kind of get in into all the antics of who who can who'll stay and who'll leave. Like the best players are going to stay, the ones that don't win are going to leave. That's just how it is. But that that's definitely an area to watch. And I'm hoping that hoping that this year we score enough points to where we let the backups get some more some more time than they got last year because it's always good to see how those guys react during games. Yeah, definitely. Well, that was the show for today. Um, we're getting really close to the season now. Like it, it's starting to starting to realize how close it is. It's kind of snuck up on me. Uh, I think half of that has to do with the fact that the national championship has kind of eased the offseason a little bit. Usually I'm just absolutely foaming at the mouth, and, and I'm starting to get to that point. We got some preseason on tonight. Um, Griffin takes me, asked what I was taking in it. So that's that's where that's where we're at in terms of football right now, where we need it bad. But yeah, it's coming up. Can't wait. I got a lot more in store on this show. And we again we appreciate y'all listening. And as always, go dogs. <laughs>